0: We are continuing to celebrate in anticipation of Lord Krishna's appearance. We mark midnight as the time of Krishna's appearance. I always like to say Krishna appeared in what is today India, and the time in India is four and a half hours ahead of (laughs) Slovenia. (laughs) But it does raise an interesting question about Krishna's appearance because on the other side we don't want to we don't want to limit Krishna in quite that way to say that well yes and no he appeared in what we now call India and then again more broadly he appeared in this world he appeared we can say on this planet and more broadly than that we can say he appeared in this universe and we we use this expression in english appear and in english language the word appear has a sort of a double sense Uh, I might for example although I won't don't worry I uh, I might appear on the stage when the drama is being performed I won't don't worry (laughs) but I might appear on the stage so in that case then I'm you can say actually there but there's another sense of appear and that is it is only apparent it only seems like it's only an appearance it's an image it's something not substantial Hmm. so when we say Krishna appears it's not like that. It's more, it's not just that Krishna is appearing like on a stage, although sometimes that example is also given, but it's more like he is the actual reality and everything else. Sort of fades into the background, and we realize, oh, <laughs> so this is reality. As we read this morning, Satya Vratam, Satya Paramtri, Satyam, Satyasya Yonim, Nihitam ca satye. Krishna is truth in so many, so many ways. He's absolute truth, no doubt. He's also the original, relative truth. Uh, because he is uh, the source of all relations. Um, And indeed, that's what he shows, especially in Vrindavan, is his relationships with others. Um, So Krishna is appearing, but we have to keep in mind what this means, Appearing. Sometimes the word, in, the, in Sanskrit, the word avatara is used. Um, the word avatar became quite well known here in Slovenia. How many years ago was that film? 2008? Was it 2008, that film? 2010. So eight years ago, uh, was that film going around Slovenia called Avatar. Some of you might remember at that time, uh, we organized a public program called Ten Avatars. <laughs> yes, there was a big billboard advertising it was a very nice, nice program. Uh, so the word avatar, which is a Sanskrit word, it um, it comes from the prefix ava, which means down or can mean out or away, and tar, which comes from the verb tr, which means to cross, uh, to we say in English also trans send, trance, tarana. So that avatara idea um, came to the West long before 2008. In fact, it's marked as coming to, uh, through the English language to the West in the year 1784 um, by one Sir William Jones who was a um, British mm, judge a court judge in uh, India at the time and he um, he wrote quite many things translated many things uh, and also in some ways discovered uh, the Sanskrit language for the West but this word avatara, uh, we don't find it anywhere in Bhagavad Gita. The word is not there in Bhagavad Gita, which you may find a little surprising, considering the fact that Krishna speaks about avatars in Bhagavad Gita. He just never uses the word. Uh, And how he speaks of avatar, you may be familiar. He speaks first in terms of time. He says, yada, yada, hi, dharma, bhavati, bhārata. What is it? Abhyuta nama sya, tadatmanam, srijam, Yada, when, and then tada, then. When? when there's dharmasya glani, when there is a a, a kind of fading away, a kind of um, crumbling, a crumbling of dharma, Krishna comes at that time. At that time I come. But he's a little bit, We may say, unfortunately, he's not very specific there in a sense because he says, yada, yada, yada. So how do we know what is that time when Krishna is going to come? Whenever, he says, whenever there is a, a degradation, a loss, a confusion of dharma, at that time I come. Well, that's now, isn't it? So, Krishna, <laughs> where are you? Where are you? Hmm. So Krishna is telling about his coming and he's giving some, some vague idea of time. And he's also saying something about his purpose. And this is interesting because... It's different from all of us. When we appear in this world, if we want to put it that way, we've all appeared, uh, then the question may well be there for ourselves, as, especially as we're growing up. We may ask ourselves, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Did you ever have that question in your mind? No? Who said no? (laughs) No, we all have that question. We all remember. I remember when I was young. When I was young, I was thinking, what am I doing here? And why is it that these two, my parents, how did it happen that they're my parents, And not the next-door neighbors. How come I'm not brothers, you know, with the next-door neighbors, whatever. You had questions like that? Yeah. What what are we doing? Krishna doesn't have that question. (laughs) He knows his purpose. Abhutanamadharma, sadhatmanam srijam yaham. He appears at that time... Uh when when things are not going well, when things are confused and more specifically when there is trouble in human society in terms of what is called dharma. And dharma has this notion it comes from another Sanskrit verbal root which means uh, which is <laughs> uh DhR with a dot, uh, which means to sustain, to to hold. When dharma is not being practiced, then the world is not being held up. Society is not sustaining. It's not. It's, it's not doing the function of society. What is the function of? What is the function of human society? What are we? What are we all here for? What is our purpose? purpose. Ah, <laughs> yes. But what is that spiritual realization? Spirit? What is that? Uh, it is, of course, a prevalent notion today uh, that spirit uh, means some sentiment, it's an idea, but it's not a reality. Um, It's, at the same time, a sense that everyone has that there must be something, or we may say someone, but nowadays it's more something, some energy, perhaps, that is somehow beyond our perceptions. Somehow beyond uh, our, not just our everyday world, but the world as a whole. There must be something out there. And of course, a lot, a lot, a lot of money gets invested in attempts to find, is there anybody out there? Uh, they're setting up huge antennas and radio scope, all of this um, paraphernalia in order to try to sense something, some message. There must be a message for us. Because the whole human race is asking this question, what are we doing here? What is this all about? Why are we here? That question is there and maybe, just maybe, someone out there has an answer. (laughs) And also in this world, of course, uh, in so many efforts of scientific investigation, there's an attempt to extend uh, the power of the senses, uh, to extend our perceptions into unknown areas uh, and dimensions of the world, whether it's the physical world or the mental uh, or the emotional world. Sigmund Freud, back in the uh, beginning of the 20th century, he, so to say, discovered the unconscious. Ooh. The dream world, as if no one before him had been dreaming, <laughs> uh, but some sort of effort to understand what uh, what is going on what is what are the dynamics of uh, this what seems to be covered over consciousness, what is that uh, about so that kind of effort has been there uh, and uh, We see it also within uh, religious traditions or we could say um, uh, tribal traditions. Shamanism, for example, is an effort um, to connect with something or someone uh, going through, penetrating, you can say, through, uh, the everyday world to a kind of perception of a reality that 's beyond this world. I had a professor who told me about a fellow student he had when he was um, when he was a doctoral student, and this fellow uh, student of his would occasionally go to Mexico. And there he would meet with one shaman. And after his adventures with the shaman, he would come back uh, to the university uh, in Los Angeles and they would be having a seminar. And he would say, yes, I've just come back from Mexico uh, where I was speaking with coyotes. I was speaking with wild dogs and everyone would kind of look at him, sort of, right? <laughs> so, and uh, and what sort of uh, chemicals were you taking <laughs> when you were doing this? Hmm. So efforts at penetrating uh, through uh, the the ordinary reality that we experience. We do this with a lot of technology, but what this technology does is, in effect, the opposite. It makes us more insensitive to spiritual reality, for the most part. It desensitizes us. And so we all come together in cities, um, and we connect through um, video and through Um, you know, Facebook, and so on. And we think we are expanding our minds and our consciousness, but it's really questionable to what extent we're doing that. It's questionable. Well, back to avatars. So the the word avatar, it it migrated into uh, Western culture And now we have avatars in our technology. And so now all of us can have an avatar in some computer game, for example, or um, indeed just in some internet, uh, what do you call it, social uh, site where you communicate. You can have your avatar Is that anything related to the original sense of avatar? Not so much. So we want that people learn what is actual avatar, and that we understand, uh, especially with the avatars of Vishnu. Now it's another subject which I won't go into, uh, except to say briefly. You may be sa- you may be wondering, oh, are you going to say that Krishna is an avatar? Um, well, in some sense, yes. In some sense, yes. In that sense, that he does indeed descend. In another sense, no. He is the origin of all the avatars. As we uh, mentioned this morning, uh, we may speak of um, polymorphic monotheism, excuse the expression, uh, but it's um, a way of understanding there are so many ways that the Lord can appear. But here the point to be made is that when The Lord is appearing. He is actually penetrating through all the layers of all material experience as we know it so that we can have access. We can have access to the reality, not the appearance, but the reality which is the spiritual world. So, Ramadi Murti Shukala Niyamena Tishtan Anavataram Akaro Bhuvane Krishna Swayam Samabhavat Parama Govindam Adi Purusham Tamaham Bajami. The Lord is appearing in so many forms beginning with Rama, Rama Adi Ramadi Murti Shukala Niyama. Uh, he appears in all these different forms, kin to, but Krishna, svayam, samabhavat, paramat, pumanyo. Krishna, svayam, Krishna himself is appearing, uh, and that is very wonderful. Govindam, adipurusham, the original person, tamaham, Bajami, I worship him. So on this day we uh, celebrate we worship Krishna's appearance with an understanding that Krishna Krishna's real the reality which is Krishna it's a it's a different reality it's it's the real reality <laughs> he's not just appearing like a shimara not like us when we appear in this world uh, and his appearance for us to experience, uh, to realize ourselves, that is what we celebrate. Krishna says, as Srila Prabhupada often like to quote, uh, Janma karma chame divyam evam yo veti tatvata. ham punar iti imam eti. So Arjuna. Uh, Krishna's Janma, because today is Janmashtami. Ashtami means the eighth. It's according to the moon, according to the moon calendar. It's the eighth day of, uh, what is it, the waxing moon or the waning moon? The waning moon, yes, it's becoming darker. Uh, so it's Janma Ashtami. It's Krishna Janma Ashtami. And um, but the Janma and the karma, the activities of Krishna, Krishna insists in Bhagavad Gita, and they're all divya. He reminds us that this is so in so many of his pastimes, and one particular pastime he reminds us uh, when he is quite young. Uh, he is playing with his friends, um, and at some point, Balaram decides that he needs to report something to his mother. And what he's going to report is something very, very serious. What is that? Krishna has eaten dirt. Krishna has eaten dirt. Mommy, mommy, Krishna has eaten dirt. Those of you with um, more than one son, perhaps you've had similar experience of one son reporting on the naughtiness of the other son. Yes? So this is this is uh, Balaram reporting. And as you may know, uh, Krishna denies. But he says, if you want to see proof, then I will open my mouth and you can see for yourself. Now you may say at this point, well, maybe he ate some dirt and he already swallowed it. No. He opens his mouth and what does Mother Yashoda See? A lot of dirt. A lot of dirt. The whole earth. The dirt of the earth. Plus a few planets, plus a few stars, plus, yes, the whole universe. And then she sees herself. And she sees... She sees Krishna, she sees Nanda Maharaj, she sees everyone, and she gets bewildered. So it's a kind of inversion Krishna makes. Krishna has appeared in the world, but now the world is inside him. What is going on? Are we all inside Krishna as we sit here? Hmm? Yes no yes. Nothing is outside Krishna so everything is in Krishna So it could be it could be that you don't know it but Krishna is showing you to mother Yashoda <laughs> My point is, what is actually going on? That we have very little sense. We have very little, I, we have practically no idea what's really going on. What is going on in the spiritual world? Nava-navarasa, uh, there is ever fresh uh, pastime. That is what is going on. And Krishna comes to invite us to come and join Him in that ever fresh pastime. Janmakarma, Chame Evam Yoveti, Tattvata. One who understands Krishna's, the transcendental nature of His appearance and activities does not have to come back, does not have to stay in, does not have to return to this place, uh, which is a place of covering, it's a place of, let's face it, it's a place of misery. Instead, we can, Krishna says, Mom A.T, you come to me. That is Krishna's promise. So, Krishna says, yada, yada, hi dharmasya, I come, I come in order to correct, to revive dharma, for what purpose? So that we can realize what is our purpose. Our purpose is to be with Krishna, and to serve Krishna, and to please Krishna. We have a great future. We have a bright future. Yeah. So, I'll stop there and we will continue. With further discussion. Mm. Mm. Are you. Did I All put right. you to sleep? No, no, no. I, yeah, so okay. okay. It's the Hari Nam that put you to sleep. Hare <laughs> <laughs> Krishna. All right. I'll wake up now. Good. Sri Krishna Janmashtami ki.
1: Krishnaya Vasudevaya Devaki Nandanaya Cha Nanda Gopakumaraya Ovindaya Namo Namaha Krishna is the son of Vasudev Krishna is Devaki Nandan he is the son of Devaki Um. He is the Nanda Gopukumaraya, he's the small child who is with Nanda and the coward man. Um, and he is a protector. He is the one who gives pleasure to the cows. Um, and we offer our obeisances to him. Um So somehow or other Krishna is performing these pastimes. And everything is there within these pastimes. When I was rather new in Krishna consciousness um, I was being tested and I was asked to read Back to Godhead magazine, and to just wait. Um, I was waiting to meet the temple president, and they told me just sit and wait and read this magazine. So I was reading the magazine, and I read the magazine again and again, the same pastime. And that day, I got some some realization on. Um, which was significant. By reading the same pastime, again and again, over and over, just the same old story, I began to discover many new things that I hadn't hadn't read before, hadn't realized before, that there were details that I had missed or different points that I had missed. Earlier, before I became very much involved with the devotees, somehow or other, I got a Krishna book. And I I didn't like it. And the reason was, is, first of all, there was Krishna. He was meeting various demons. And usually quite early in the story, he was already killing the demon. And there was hardly any competition. It was like sort of one, two, three, demon dead. Uh, next demon. And I was thinking, what kind of book is this? You know, there is no plot in the book. You know, I mean, I sort of was used to books where you're reading the book and you cannot wait any longer and you have to look at the last page. You know, who's gonna win? Krishna or the demon kind of thing. But no, Krishna was always winning. All the time, and I was just really missing the plot, you know yeah, the tension um, so I felt nah this this book is unreadable, <laughs> unreadable <laughs> I can't read this, but that day that I was asked to read the magazine for a long time and was reading it over and over, I began to appreciate that it's not about constantly a new story, something we haven't heard before but that it is rather about penetrating deep and penetrating deeper still and and appreciating um, and so we see that our acharyas are meditating on the detail uh, in English they sometimes say the devil is in the detail, but today we will say the Supreme Lord is manifesting himself <laughs> in the detail um, it is there are so many wonderful details to consider um, yes we we heard Krishna's appearance, and of course. Krishna's appearance happens once in a day of Brahma. It is very rare. Krishna is not an avatar. Krishna is avatari. He is the origin of all the avatars. And yeah, Krishna appeared, but then again he was there all along anyway. He is he is always present. Everything is within him. He is... Where there, when is there a question that Krishna is, is not manifest? Sri Prabhupada is describing how a small corner of the spiritual world is, is as if covered by a cloud. The cloud of the illusory energy... And it is in that small corner of the material world that there is forgetfulness of Krishna. And in that small corner of the spiritual world, uh, there is a concept that there is no God or no presence of Him. And that sometimes, very rarely, Very rarely, only once in a day of Brahma, he appears. Mm. Uh, But that is only for those whose eyes are covered by the clouds of illusion. Um, See, the Prabhupada is saying Krishna is like the sun and just as the sun becomes visible in the morning and and the sun sets in the evening, really, what is happening is when the sun is setting, it simply disappears from our vision. But the sun is shining somewhere else. Now elsewhere on the planet, it's day, and here it's night. So, Krishna is always present. Always present. His pastimes are always going on. Then Srila Prabhupada is explaining so many universes, Krishna's pastimes are going on in so many universes. And there is a universe right now where Krishna is appearing, really like appearing in front of Vasudev and Devaki. In Mathura, there is a Mathura, there is there is there's a Vasudev, there's a Devaki and Krishna is appearing and he's right there, right now, helmet and full outfit and everything appearing before them. Oh, we are now remembering uh, remembering Krishna's appearance um, five thousand years ago, which is pretty close actually, if you think about it. In the whole time span of universal existence. Very close. We kind of just missed it. (laughs) Gosh, if only we were born a few thousand years before. We could have been there. But then, then we understand that there is no difference. There is no difference in being physically present... In the pastimes of Krishna, or hearing about these pastimes of Krishna, uh, we're equally present, uh-huh. and Krishna is present anyway. When Uddhava was sent as a messenger to Vrindavan um, to meet the various residents, Uddhava met with the gopis, and his message to the gopis was that Krishna is is here. Why are you so much in separation? Why are you lamenting so much? Krishna is here. What's the issue? So in the same way, uh, what's the big deal today? Why so much about Janmasthami? The whole world, Janmasthami, Janmasthami, the appearance day of Krishna, and so on. When he is always present. Um, Still, although the gopis were aware of, of philosophy and actually were conversant with Vedic philosophy it wasn't that they didn't understand the point, the philosophical point that Supreme Lord is always present, that they could grasp, but that was not at all the issue that was not the issue uh, they wanted the personal Experience the personal, uh, they wanted to perceive Krishna with all their senses. Um, in the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, we find the story of Gopakumar, who is a young boy, originally from Govardhan, but now traveling throughout the universe through different planetary systems, all On the strength of a mantra. That he's chanting. So he comes to different planetary systems. And at one point. He gets to the higher regions in the universe. And. He gets there. To. um, To the abodes. Where. To Siddha Loka. Where everyone. Has mystic perfections. And There. In that abode, everyone is meditating, meditating on Krishna. And, uh, and Gopu Kumar is not satisfied. He wants to see Krishna. Like, and they say, but why do you want to see? What's the point of this seeing? Don't you understand that actually seeing is happening in the mind? It's all happening in the mind. And of course, in, In a more modern context, we could analyze that, and there's an image projected on the retina, signals sent to the mind. So, why, uh, why this desire to see? What's the point? Just meditate. Because that's where it's really happening. That's where all these sensual perceptions are ending up anyway. So just stay with that. Meditate, and just Remember, and you are always with Krishna. Then there's no question of of any disappearance or any or any appearance. Again, not required. Just simply always meditate on Krishna. But Gopikumar was not satisfied with this. His point was he wanted that experience that experience of, of Krishna's presence he wanted to see he wanted to smell he wanted to touch he wanted all these experiences he wanted to be very close to Krishna so the devotees are in this material world somehow or other um, they have received the mercy of Krishna um, they have somehow or other developed faith in Krishna that he is the reality as Krishna Kshetra Maharaj stated but they have the faith that Krishna is the reality and they have the um, <clears throat> and they perceive Krishna um, but who perceives Krishna face to face who actually perceives Krishna's form so rather than perceiving Krishna's form Krishna's personal presence face to face uh, most devotees in this world are experiencing the hand of Krishna uh, the arrangement of Krishna they see how Krishna is behind everything and how Krishna is present Um, and in this way our faith is being nourished and sustained uh. who has not experienced that when they uh, discussed some topic and uh, and had a particular uh, a particular thought about Krishna and then they just randomly open a Bhagavatam and there it is the same topic, just discussing or just thinking about. Who has not experienced that? Uh, so, these kind of little things, these are little things that strengthen our faith, where we say, oh, yes, Krishna is there. Krishna is directing things He is the invisible director who is basically there behind whatever happens on this stage in the material world and he's all along watching everything and he is making arrangements. Arrangements for us. He is making arrangements for us to uh, receive knowledge, to... Receive inspiration and strength to, and, and gradually, uh, gradually, he is bringing us to the point where we begin to perceive him more and more. Uh, but in the beginning, that perception is within the mind. Uh, we hear about him, and then within the mind, we can perceive in the heart we can sense something Um, so gradually then a desire awakens to see Krishna Um, although we are now here 5000 years ago 5000 years after the the pastimes of Krishna's appearance um, still um, by entering into these past times and by uh remembering um, how uh how Krishna um how Krishna became a child how Krishna then um as a child was uh, completely dependent on how Krishna was completely dependent and how he would uh, somehow or other need the protection uh, need the protection of his parents uh, with the children we went just now I did a little thing with the children and we went over the Putana pastime in great detail and one of the things which took a while for the kids to get is what happened after uh, Putana was uh, was killed where was Krishna? He was sitting on top of Putana and then uh, Madhya Soda and the other elderly gopis they quickly took Krishna off that enormous dead body of Putana and then I asked the kids what did they do then and took him a while but there was one that said like yeah um, they gave him a bath uh, a bath with cow urine and they were brushing him with the tail of the calf and, and all these things uh, um, <coughs> so yes we remember Krishna more and more more detail and in this way uh everything changes. When the gopis were in separation from Krishna, they had a desire to see Krishna. They were not satisfied with the philosophy that Krishna is all pervading. But, um, they spent their time remembering Krishna, going over everything Krishna had done, all his pastimes, all his activities. They were remembering and by remembering all these pastimes uh, their feelings of separation became uh, alleviated and they became um, ecstatic um, they there were so many amazing amazing details uh, so many amazing details there and they were just uh, becoming more and more attracted to Krishna so, today, we are celebrating the appearance of Krishna, uh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And one might, someone might challenge and say, uh, what proof is there that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that he is God? What proof is there? And one could approach it from... Uh, Various uh, angles. Um, I would approach it from the angle that let's just look at Krishna, let's just see. Uh, he is God, and yet he is so as as being God. It's expected that he would be uh, omniscient, uh, all knowing, that he would be all pervading. Uh, um, so, Krishna, he is all these things, um, but he's more than that. Um, he's also a person. Yes? Srila Prabhupada makes that point that there's everywhere personality in Krishna's creation. So, therefore, uh, if there is personality in the creation, then there must also be personality in the Creator. Uh-huh. Because uh, whatever He's manifesting is part of Him. So, the personality is also part of Him. So here's, so then Krishna is also a personality. Now that is bewildering because a personality seems very limited. Uh, of course, we heard about Krishna uh, eating the clay and Mother Yasoda seeing the universe within Krishna. And at the same time, we know that Krishna was within the universe. So that seems very contradictory, very confusing. But at the same time, it is like that. So Krishna is a personality. And everything we see is his energy uh, emanating from him. And yet Krishna is complete. So how can Krishna be complete when everything is emanating from him and exists separate from him? But that clay eating story shows that. And that yes... He is within the universe, but the universe is also within him. He is complete. So, very interesting. Um, Now, we are going to, if we explore more and more about Krishna, about his nature, about his pastimes, uh, then uh, Krishna becomes more and more wonderful. When Krishna was 125 years old, there was the battle of Kurukshetra, and Krishna was still young. Yeah. It wasn't like uh, Arjuna, Arjuna, wait, wait, you know, I mean, not so quick, you know. Oh, uh, let me get on the chariot. You know. Need a hand? Uh, at 125 years old, Krishna was still fresh and still young. He is ever fresh, Krishna. Uh, when Krishna, uh, one pastime that I particularly, uh, like is the pastime where, uh, Krishna provided unlimited cloths, uh, for Draupadi, uh, and while Dusasana was trying to pull off the sari. So, at that time, uh, Draupadi just threw her hands up in the air, realizing there's nothing I can do to protect myself. I'm completely dependent on Krishna. And at that time, at that time, Krishna provided the sari. And then in the Nectar of devotion, it says that, Krishna says, whenever I remember this pastime, uh, whenever I remember this, then my... uh, then my appreciation for her increases. So when I found that, I was impressed, because I was thinking in the Bhagavad Gita, we have this verse, Nehambhikramunasasthi <laughs> Pratyavaya the verse that uh, there's no loss or diminution in devotional service. So that verse sort of uh, has often been compared to the, the spiritual bank balance. Everything we do in devotional service goes into our spiritual bank balance and then I was thinking well if there's a spiritual bank account then where is the interest you know there's a bank account there must be interest isn't it <laughs> i you know, being Dutch, you start to yeah, think about interest. <laughs> I was just
0: going to say. <laughs> I, I know, I, that's
1: it right. It, I saw it in your it, eyes. Dutch, <laughs> a, <laughs> I saw it. So I was thinking, where's the interest, you know? And then, uh, then when I read that particular pastimes, then I realized I had found it. Eureka and all that. I had found the interest. Oh. Yes. Because Krishna said, Whenever I remember how Draupadi at that time surrendered unto me, my appreciation for her increased. So, my question to you what is the interest percentage? <laughs> <laughs> Professor Kshetra. Percentage? <laughs> percentage, Maharaj. We definitely interest. You have to calculate. It's about percentage, (laughs) Maharaj. It's like, you know. (laughs) Uh, Maharaj, it's unlimited. It's unlimited. Because, Krishna says, whenever I remember Whenever I remember Draupadi's surrender at that time, my appreciation in cr- for her increases. Now, is Krishna known to be forgetful?
0: No, he's krita
1: Ah, he's Kritagya. There you go. <laughs> Take that under your belt. <laughs> Krishna, he knows the benefit of everything. Uh, he knows the result of everything. Krishna is not forgetful. So therefore, Krishna whenever he remembers, he always remembers. My appreciation for her for that surrender increases. So it's increasing eternally. Krishna is eternal. His remembrance is eternal. His appreciation for the service is eternal. Now when I hear descriptions like this about Supreme personality of Godhead I find that uh, I have yeah I find that uh, deeply convincing I find that deeply convincing that Krishna is God uh, there when Krishna lifts a hill that's convincing when Krishna is showing extraordinary power yes that is convincing that he's the Supreme Lord... when he doesn't get old... that is convincing... that he is the Supreme Lord... and when Krishna shows... this nature of appreciation... uh, then that's not only convincing... that he is the Supreme Lord... but it's also touching my heart... then it becomes like... it becomes more than just... a display of divine power... It also becomes a display of his, of his kind nature, of his unlimited kindness, of his loving nature. And then the picture of the Supreme Personality of Godhead becomes more and more complete. And as we keep on hearing more and more descriptions about Krishna's nature and pastimes, then I become more and more uh, convinced, yes if there is a god then he must be like krishna right? where well, there's a question that krishna is god he has all the divine attributes just look at his attributes just look at at his nature just look at at how he's dealing full of wisdom full of kindness full of compassion see full of love then when i when i think about that then I appreciate John me because then I appreciate that Krishna, that Krishna as He is appearing in this world, is is doing that simply for one reason. Right. He is doing it for those living beings. Who are in that little corner of the universe. Which is covered by a cloud of illusion. He's doing it there. To somehow or other. uh, To somehow or other. uh, Remind these living beings. I'm there. And I appear. In this world. See. Here I am. an historical personality. In this world. Oh yes. You can visit the places. Where I. Uh, appear to where I perform my pastimes and yes these pastimes they are recorded recorded in scriptures you can read, you can hear you can find out about them uh, ah yes Krishna appeared and he makes himself visible to us who otherwise cannot see him cannot appreciate him and within that within that fact that Krishna does so that he appears I can see his his unlimited kindness and seeing that unlimited kindness that purchases me Uh, seeing that looking at the heart of the Supreme Lord then I'll say yes yes I will not only only learn about Krishna's qualities but now I'm also learning to love them and I'm learning and in the heart awakens some love for Krishna. Um, and in that way. And then I can see all these these amazing qualities as being part of his uh, amazing nature. Um, yeah, I was contemplating... On the heavens that are being offered in various traditions in the world, and in some you get a little harp and a trump- and another or a trumpet, and that's it forever. <coughs> plunk, 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 <laughs> blowing that trumpet. Maybe, um, and I was thinking, would I really be satisfied? Is that what we're doing eternally? Hmm? I've seen I've seen comics of uh, two angels on a cloud. People that went to heaven in a white dress and with a uh, yeah, I know it's like you know I know it's a halo Uh, with the halo above their head, and then uh, the uh, and then one person grabs the halo of the other. And takes a bite from it. As, as if it is like a bagel. Which is like a round piece of bread. Yeah. Because. You want something different. <laughs> Always the same. And then when I see. The unlimited variety. In Krishna's pastimes. And his playfulness. Then that wakes up the child in me. Right. Then it wakes up a desire to, to join these playful pastimes and in this way uh, all the pastimes of Krishna are, uh, are responding to every aspect of our nature and capturing every aspect of our nature and in this way we can thoroughly love Krishna not only like usually when we love someone you know, even, you know, man, woman and like love straight from the movies happening. When you love someone, usually, uh, you love part of that someone. And that part you love very much. Right? But there's also some other parts you don't love so much. Right? That is the nature of of any loving relationship in this world. Whether it's a person or a thing. It's never we love it completely. uh. It's just like, you know, Swamis love Apple computers, but they don't love it that there's no USB port in the. (laughs) (laughs) We were just having some deep, we shared some deep realizations about it (laughs) earlier on in the room. It was heartfelt. (laughs) It has a USC port. I don't know why. I know why they want to rip us off, we, we agreed on that also, <coughs> anyway the point is, where is love in this world, um, but when we are entering into the relationship with Krishna, um, we can completely love Krishna in every aspect, and in this way our love increases and increases, which is what is found, a description like that in Adi Lila 4 of Chaitanya Charitamrita where it is described that there is a competition between uh, the love that Srimati Radharani has for Krishna and the qualities for Krishna. Since Krishna has unlimited qualities, Radharani is always discovering an other quality of Krishna. And as soon as she discovers that quality, she loves that also. And in this way, her love is eternally increasing. And that is amazing that we are now in the process of remembering Krishna, exploring his unlimited qualities and awakening our love for these amazing qualities of Krishna. And that this is the beginning of an eternally increasing experience of loving Krishna. Yes, that must be God. There is no doubt about it. And he is so kind that even although we don't see Him in this material world, He's kind enough to appear in this material world for us. That is amazing. Thank you very much. Shri Shri Krishna Janmastami Mahamahotsav Ki.